Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Pro Wrestling Index delivered through the uh, podcast channel. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinkle. This is Guy Drinkle who's not watched any wrestling in a few weeks, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, but I've got two guests who have actually watched wrestling recently, and it's my two usuals, Alex and Didio. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing very well, Guy. Well, as well as I can do. We've just been, uh, well, not just last week, we got locked down again, so... We've got our second wave. We seem to be pretty much at the fore, much like time difference. We seem to be at the forefront of this thing in terms of the West. So, uh, yeah, we've popped our second wave. We've gone back into lockdown. People have been stupid, um, but can't really complain because uh, I don't have to go outside that much where it's freezing. So it's been a toasty nineteen inside most mm. of the time. Whenever I go out <laughs> for a run, I sort of rug up. I also can't complain because it because it is a perfect fifteen degrees over here. Uh, Absolutely spot on. Maybe for the Eskimos. 15 degrees, cloudy, spot of rain now and again. I'm typically in the middle of you guys, because I'm I'm at 18. Beautiful. cloudy 18, though. Beautiful. Not great. I can deal with 18. Anything below 16, crew riddle. Nah, (laughs) spot on. I wear a beanie, anything below 16. Like a full beanie and gloves combo. You die up here. (laughs) <laughs> as soon as it goes past September, you'd literally have to like have heating on all the time. Yeah, I reckon I would. Gee, well, maybe me. maybe we'll get to test that theory because I want to come to the UK for a uh, uni swap. So me, me and you will get we'll get have a nice little competition of how long we'll do one podcast in uh, mm. in my place. We'll turn the ramp the heating up, see how long you last. We'll do one in yours, just swinging in the freaking cold breeze. Absolutely, see how long I last. Well, it depends it's where on. you go. If you go down south with today, where it might be like it's almost European weather. You come up here, it's like Iceland. <laughs> That's how it works. Your country's not that bloody big. Why is it so different? It just is. It just is. <laughs> the north-south divide is a real thing. <laughs> in more than culture, it is meteorology. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, today, how are you? Yeah, I'm 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 okay, thanks. Uh, I don't blame you for not having watched though. Um it has been yeah. tough sledding to to get through those shows, but otherwise I'm I'm okay. I tell you to do, it's really helpful. Like I just wake up on a Tuesday morning or 
morning and then on the afternoon you just say raw was shit it's really helpful for me <laughs> yeah because i figured like there's no way I'm, I'm going to let someone else go through this like if i've exactly. gone through it and i i usually don't watch it live i don't know how people are doing that at the moment so i can always you know sort of fast forward stuff that looks really boring or that is really boring um yeah and then I, I usually watch it when i'm doing other things so i can i can i can still see it and i can still appreciate it but at the moment it's you end up looking away more often you end up um doing stuff on your phone or something like that and i think the numbers and the ratings show that mm, i mean we don't have much news but uh, the ratings are getting getting down there so aw might be catching up to well raw and smackdown might be catching up to aw <laughs> i think nxt is the one that's gonna leave them all the dust oh. for the last few um mm. the last few weeks but the other thing is and this is the only thing i'll say about the race because i, I really dislike the idea that rating for everything they are certainly applicable in certain circumstances but these days I mean, I remember seeing an article the other day about how CBS was just basically forgetting ratings because they want to give new shows a chance to actually develop. Now, this is the opposite. This is an old show that, well, it's the old show, as they'll say, the longest rainy episodic television show on network programming in America. Um, but I think the the trend that you should look at is that Raw has continued a steady decline since, even since, like, the end of last year when we were we were looking at 2.1, 1.9 is dire. Now it's hitting 1.5. There are mitigating circumstances. Wrestling without a crowd is awful. Like compared to wrestling with a crowd, a mediocre Raw with a crowd is much better than a somewhat good Raw without a crowd in the Throne era because wrestling requires, it's not sport. It requires a crowd. But I think if you look at NXT, which has sort of gone, okay, it didn't, when it first went onto network TV, hit a million or somewhere close to a million, 950, I think it was. And you go, ooh, wow, that's impressive. And then it slowed down to 700-ish, went down to 500-ish at times, but it's now shooting back up. It's now 775, whatever. Whereas you look at Raw's steady decline and then you look at across at Wednesday nights, it's not that people are just not tuning into wrestling. I think it's more that people are not tuning into the three-hour slog that is raw, because SmackDown stayed relatively consistent, hasn't it? Uh, I think so. Ish, maybe. Con- and then normally about one point six. Yeah, and, and I think Fox expected to be one point five, one point six with without fans, and then up past one point, uh, up up past two point one with fans, according to a tweet I saw from I think it was Pro Wrestling shit, or maybe it was SRS. But yeah, well, Teddy, Teddy might know this more specifically, but I think Raw has suffered mostly because it's three hours without fans, and that is hard to program and extremely hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't want to spend ages on this for you, but I mean, you, you kind of brought up the ratings. Does it mean anything to you? But I mean, you're saying the shows have been on themselves a, a quality decline. I mean, does that link in with the Heyman demotion or sacking? I can't remember if he's still in the company. Pretty much sacking. <laughs> um, he's, he's an on-air talent now, I think. Uh, pretty much is. A, it's a sacking from his actual role. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, is it too soon for the, the lack of Heyman to really make it that bad? Because, I mean, I was watching it weekly for a while, and then I just kind of stopped <laughs> whenever you say it was shit. 
Um, well, the thing is, I think it's. I think Heyman was always going to be the scapegoat, as was Eric Bischoff. It just seems that's how the company is run at the moment. It's waiting for the quarterly review and then blaming it on whoever they've put in as the, mm. you know, the the face of the company in terms of executive producers. Um, but we all know that every single script has to go through the approval of one man. And, you know, he hasn't necessarily been through all of the scripts lately. So I think that that's going to be interesting for the shows coming up. Whereas, um, especially this last, this last week's taping, all of these shows have been from about two weeks ago in terms of recording. So we'll see what right. the next wave, what, what the show looks like. But at the moment, I think the worry for them would probably be how quickly they're settling into 1.5s being the, the norm and whether or not that would then go down to the 1 millions being the norm. And it's just really, really rapid at how quickly it's going down. How they stop it, I genuinely especially in this pandemic era it's really really difficult to do um you can as as alex has alluded to you can see that it's really hitting them with without having the crowds but in terms of whether or not raw um whether or not um smackdown is suffering i i think they're they're sort of staying in and around the same uh, just hovering above a two million um or just below a two million and I think that that's good for them. Um, obviously, it's a bigger network. Uh, they're reaching more homes. You'd expect them to mm. to hopefully get higher ratings. But I think as long as they hover around the two with SmackDown, it seems like they're being able to keep that. Then I think they'll be fine with that. The concern for them is going to be Raw. I just think the three hours, they're going to reach a point when the revenues they're getting in terms of ad- advertising, that they justify the three hour with at what point does that no longer become justifiable? Because I think that the three hours is the difference. It's, it's that third hour that just seems to make the show drag a lot longer than than maybe SmackDown, which is a lot more tolerable. Yeah, and it's the, a good point. It's a good point. Sorry, sorry Alex, I was thing, just going to say... Okay, I'll go. I was, you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was just going to say, isn't, um, isn't other Amer- aren't other American sports back as well, which will compete on Monday nights as well? Not saying it's affecting ratings now, but it might get worse if basketball and I don't know the other ones. I think NFL. Yeah, so basketball, <laughs> basketball's end of this month is when they'll they'll start coming back. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens there. In terms of MLB, they're also coming back soon, but with them, a lot of their star players are opting not to participate in the season mm-hmm. so whether that has a knock-on effect on viewers would be interesting and then in terms of the nfl they've still got about a month or two before the the season really kicks off and for mm-hmm. them it's still up in the air in terms of they want it to happen but uh, it's, it's 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 a sport that has such a large you know a team has around like 50 to 60 people just players in the in the team yeah, in the yeah. squad so trying to do all the logistics for that is a lot harder than, let's say, a basketball, which you have about like a 14-man roster. Um, so I think WWE still has a little bit of time before the bigger American sports start to get in gear. But if you look at the numbers of, the, as they would say, soccer, 
that's come back, the MLS and all, all the other sports are seeming to do pretty well. They seem to be happy with their numbers. But once again, as Alex said, you can watch a football game without fans and, and maybe put in the chime in the crowd noise and stuff and you can tolerate that. Wrestling, you need the fans' reactions. You need the fans going crazy, booing and everything. And with the way WWE have done it, I've thought it's so robotic with their audience. Uh, you know, it, it, as we said, it's like watching a t- uh, TV opera, um, TV soapy, sorry, where they, they hold up cue cards of the, now you boo, now you cheer. Um, for me, that takes me out of it as well. I wonder if it takes people out of it. Yeah, it almost certainly does. And the the one thing I was going to say before was relating to that third hour syndrome of Raw of a good SmackDown is noticeably good because it's only two hours and you can get, you can hit a lot of the right beats without going over. A good Raw might be good, but it's still going to have probably on aggregate an hour of stuff that wasn't great. A good Raw has to be phenomenal for people to notice how good it is i think we saw that with the whole Heyman era thing as well um i also think we should probably be weary of the news that comes out given who Heyman's number one um informant or actually who he informs to is being uh, a certain dave Meltzer. but the good smackdowns are more noticeable or worn, were more noticeable even when we perceived it to be Bischoff, it wasn't actually Bischoff, it was still Bruce. Um, and the good Bruce Smackdowns were noticeably good, whereas the good Heyman Raws always still felt like they dragged a bit and always still felt like you could fast-forward a bunch of stuff. That third hour is going to... is I, I would put that third hour to the reason why Raw is constantly sliding, because I'm exactly the same as Taddy. I can't watch it live. And it's a manageable time here. It's at 10 a.m. in the morning, usually. Um... So if I don't have uni, then I'll I'll see I'll try and watch it, but I can't anymore. I haven't been able to for the last year and a half, to be honest, just because it's just so much easier to finish what finish it like one o'clock, go watch it on tape back, um, and that third hour will get to the point, in my opinion, that it becomes no longer worthwhile because they're going to lose more advertisers than they gain in that third hour purely because the. Um, interest is so low in the third hour yeah I mean I watched it occasionally live but I have a we- really weird sleeping pattern um, but even now like I won't even even if I am up at one o'clock I'd rather just like watch shite on YouTube Twitch or anything like that than even even if I'm trying to go to sleep, watching Raw, I'd always fall asleep during like the second set of adverts. Now I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Fuck it, I'll just stay up. <laughs> I'll stay up avoiding Raw. That's pretty much what I'm up to now. So yeah, I think the third hour is... Well, the third hour's been a problem for a while now. Um, but anyway, we'll move on to what we're actually here to do, and that is to preview... The oh Christ. Um Say the full thing, guys. Say it. Say the, it. <laughs> the horror show twenty twenty WWE Extreme Rules. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck me. Legally you have to say it like that. Exactly. They will sue you if you do if we do not refer it by its full name, the horror show at Extreme Rules. Uh, did they just like getting mocked? Like <laughs> it it just if it's shit. 
which it probably will be going comes in the card. It just makes memes. What what's wrong with them? <laughs> Jesus. I Christ. think. I mean, it's very clear this is a Vince idea because he's the only one that would think this sounds good. And I think if you like, if you ask him, he thinks this ties into the whole cinematic thing. He thinks this is like, well, the Avengers movies have fun names <laughs> and they're, they're, they're all cinematic. So this, God damn it, let's have a horror show with Extreme Rules. We're going to make it spooky. And it's just, oh, it's just, I don't understand it personally. I think it sounds tacky and crap, but I'm not necessarily in the camp that it's going to make it a shit show uh, because there is reasonable evidence given what they've done with the cinematic universe thus far that this could be a surprisingly fun show, if not certainly momentous. But the name just hampers it straight away. If you called it Extreme Rules and then gave it a little nickname, like a horror show or, you know, like just, just why does the full title have to include the cheesy nickname? What's the point? Because people do you aren't think, gonna remember. Sorry, yeah. Do you think Vince got either optics on it, or it's just something he woke up with? Because it's it's been a running theme for a while now. Even you know WrestleMania was that's the night that's too big for two. You know the nights that the yeah. the main whatever the pay per view that's too big for one night or whatever, and then backlash the greatest show, like he seems to be really hopped on, and we know like you know from past experiences Vince gets in when he has an idea he he runs with it and he'll beat it into the ground. I think at the moment his mm. whole idea is it's got to be theme based. What's the theme for Extreme Rules? But that's well, been the way for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, I don't know. Taglines for his for his pay per views. Like even I remember the Great American Bash. They used to always say like, "Oh, it's the slog. It's the Great American Holiday. It's going to be a bite." Like they always used to have commentary hot bits, but this seems to be taking the piss somewhat and going and ramping up to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it is the optics thing because it could very well be that. It's not. I mean, it's not like Vince always has these ideas of just God damn it, I'm going to do it. It could be because some marketing agent had literally told him this would actually be a good idea because it gives it more, like, individuality. And, like, saying, oh, do you remember what happened at Extreme Rules 2016 isn't actually going to be as memorable as saying, do you remember what happened at Extreme Rules 2020, the horror show at Extreme Rules? But you're also, as Guy said, leaving yourself open to remember that meme that was the horror show at Extreme Rules? What a stupid name. It hampered the show completely. So, like, it it does, like, with the best ball in the world, it does sound something like a, something that a marketing agent came up with. But let's not forget that Vince, and this is not a slight, this is, if anything, given his history, a compliment is the ultimate marketer in terms of the wrestling world. And this strikes me as an idea that he probably did come up with himself. And like you said, Taddy, now has the vindictive, no, not the vindictive, just like the sort of conviction to go and do no matter what. Is the music for the show got anything to do with horror? I don't know. Because Honestly, Greatest I... Show, he was obviously watching The Greatest Showman, like, the week before. He was, yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that'd be a brilliant idea. I I don't know. Like, has he been watching Friday the Thirteenth or like uh, Halloween <laughs> it's or something? Not even close to Halloween though. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> We're in July. It's not October. Uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> the thing is, if it just crops up with like the Friday. The uh, Nightmare on Elm Street music or something—it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just even if it was October the fourteenth, didn't make sense. Because then you'd be like, "Okay, you want to do a spooky show? That's fine." What is the October? What well, they usually do in October? These, these days, what TLC? Didn't the theme one... song isn't isn't horror based, by the way. Bullshit. It's like <laughs> called "Watch Me Now." It's, it's quite a sounds nutty. He wasn't ha- what was Halloween Havoc? The I don't know what I was going to say. WCW, yeah, the WCW one. Yeah, should bring that back. Then Vince can do yeah. all the nonsense bullshit he wants. Yeah, he, they'll probably put it in NXT. Um, right, shall we get into the card? Because we could literally do an hour on the fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, just to finalize, it yeah. sounds like um, those songs they would play in those like early two thousands. Skating movies, yes. If you can picture that, yeah. So it's, it's not horror at all. With Tony Hawk's coming back, the game. Uh huh. So Vince, it's obviously like fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, this yes. is the moment. Yes, free advertising for my boy Tony. <laughs> oh Christ! Right. Um. Yes, the wrestling show. Yes, not the biggest card, but we'll start off with uh. I'm on CBS Sports. I assume you are as well. Because it seems to be the mm-hmm. best one. Seeing as Wikipedia don't give a fuck. Um, they've got a couple of rumoured matches, which I've, having not watched TV, don't know if makes sense. But seeing as there was only a few actual matches confirmed, it does make sense. So I'll start with them, just in case they do turn up. Alex. 2020. Jeff Hardy v. Sheamus. Another pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Mm. Are you sure it's 2020 or is it actually 2011? Um, I I said this off air, but uh, there has been a there's a video going around of on Twitter of I actually don't know where it was from. Maybe it was from it's from a new Jeff Hardy doc or behind the scenes something. I don't know. It's basically behind the scenes of Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus at Backlash. And Jeff Hardy goes up to Vince and says, oh, yeah, yeah, how, how was it? Was it all good? And Vince starts waxing lyrical and says, oh, it was so good. It was brilliant. Um, you did a brilliant job. I loved it. That was such good shit. All the usual Vince stuff. Uh, but it does genuinely seem like he loved it. And he was talking about that spot where Jeff leapt off and got broke, kicked on the outside. And uh, it does seem like something that Vince enjoys. So that makes me go, okay, so that's why this is happening again. The SmackDown just gone. Uh, I mean, this may come up again in the show, but it was fucking terrible. It was genuinely atrocious. Probably the worst SmackDown of the year. Um, the segments were all forced. None of them made sense. They played Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman for Money in the Bank. And I thought for a second, because I hadn't got any warning about this, that it was Bray Wyatt Jumper Bray getting Jumper Bray getting a rematch against Braun live on SmackDown. So I didn't see the money in the bank shit in the background. Uh, but within this SmackDown, which was basically yeah a taped match, 
uh, an awful karaoke segment and then some more freaking alcohol ribbing from Seamus about Jeff Hardy's addiction, we got basically the exact same storyline that we had at Backlash, which makes me think that this will be no different to that match, which was fine. It was okay. But like you said, Guy, we're in 2020. Can't we get Jeff Hardy doing something other than facing Sheamus? Even if he needs to lose, at least have someone be put over. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't understand why we're doing this, to be honest. Uh, but maybe it'll be good. So it's going to be shit. Who do you think will win? <laughs> uh, they're 1-1, technically. Sheamus won at Backlash. Jeff won in the Intercontinental Title Tournament. My gut tells me this is going to just to build Sheamus up um, so he can get maybe Intercontinental Title run, maybe, I don't know, move on. Yeah, let's go with Sheamus. I, I think Jeff Hardy's about to have his farewell tour. Um, so unless they want to give him a title, I see no point to having him win here. I'll say Jeff, because who gives a shit? Um, today what? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, my heart. Okay, mm, let's see. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jeff purely because Sheamus won the previous match. Um, so in my head, it counts as fifty-fifty booking. I, I don't think Vince is gonna count the uh, intercontinental um, qualifying elimination. Just, just I can just picture him saying. Yeah, that doesn't count. Um, so it will be 1-1 one, one with Jeff winning. Um, it's in a bar. And if Jeff loses a bar fight in a bar, like, where's this angle going? Because I'm so done with this. I was done with this angle weeks ago. But even now more so, I'm so done with it. And they, they're not even, like, you know, tiptoeing through it. On SmackDown this past week, Miz was saying that his daughter's uh, favorite superstar is Jeff Hardy, but he doesn't want it to be Jeff Hardy because he's scared that Jeff's going to relapse and disappoint her. And I'm like, dude, you can't say that because <laughs> we all know with addiction, like this is a battle that he's going to have to fight his entire life. It's not like something that just disappears. If he has a relapse, this is just not going to look good for WWE in any way. So I don't know why they're continuing this. <sighs> yeah. And I... I was on record on this podcast saying I actually liked the idea of this feud purely because I thought it would basically give Jeff the actual redemption angle to be like, I'm going to face my addiction and, and show you that I'm past it. But it hasn't been that at all. It's been overt abuse pretty much the whole way through. None of it's been tactful. Not that I expect tact from WWE but or from wrestling in general, but it... It had the potential to be something that you could see making Jeff Hardy. To be like, remember when they gave him the chance to do an angle that actually meant something rather than, you know, their usual sort of generic stuff or wrestling's usual generic stuff. But it's just become like a, yeah, tactless, I don't know, offense. Like, it's just like, a, what, what can we do to rub it in even more that this dude's got issues that we can make it even make Seamus look even more like a dick. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just 
all wrong and this feud has just been quite awful. And it's a shame because it could have been actually quite, you know, subtly good rather than overtly bad. I think the last SmackDown I may have watched was the one where he threw piss at him. Yeah. The less said about that, the better. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Another rumoured match. uh, New Day v Shinsuke and Cesaro in a tables match. If it happens, it'll be good. Unless it's on the pre-show. Which is quite possible. Um, Today were... uh, Obviously, the New Day, I think they were originally planned to fight thingies. What's the racist dude called? The Trumpy dude. The Forgotten Son. That's the ones. With um, Jackson Riker, yeah. Yes. That's not anymore. Yes. Um, so, that, I think that was meant to be the feud, wasn't it, to Dewa? But, um, I mean, Shinsuke and Cesaro, well, it's a better stand-in than what was originally planned, I suppose. Um, it should be a good match if it happens. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think this is probably one of the more certain matches, considering all of these um, participants in this match have been on TV the last couple of weeks. So um, I wouldn't be—I uh, would be very surprised if it doesn't happen. Um, I think the issue that WWE has with their tag team division is that they only ever build who the direct next opponent is after the champions have beaten whoever the number one contender was. And they always do the same thing. A new team comes in and either they pin the champions and they're like, oh my God, they've just pinned the champions. That must mean they must earn a title shot. Or they go and they beat up the champions. Every single time. They never change it. Every single time, that's how they bring in a new tag team. And the issue is, when they were building the Forgotten Sons, they could have started building um, Cesaro and Shinsuke as, you know, the next person. They never look at, okay, who's going to be the next person after this title shot? Let's start building that person up now so that there's credibility for when they become the number one contender. And the, the prop, that's the problem with, with in, in this case. And you look at how it's been built. Sheamus and Cesaro beat up uh, the New Day. Uh, a couple of singles wins for Cesaro and Shinsuke. And basically their whole issue is, oh, we've been overlooked, we're pissed off. But they bring a table into into the match, um, obviously to hint that, okay, this could become a table match. It doesn't get used. The next week, which was last week's episode, um, there's a match. After the match, they bring the table in and then they um, put the new day through the table. I can I appreciate that fact of it, of... They at least tried to reason why it's becoming a table match, opposed to just announcing that it's a table match. But I just don't have any belief that Cesar and Shinsuke are going to win. So I've no interest in this match whatsoever. Maybe from an athletic point of view of what these teams could do, but in terms of me really caring about about the match, it's not that high because it's kind of a foregone conclusion I'm going to go with New Day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I don't know why you'd take the belts off New Day. I mean, they're the safest pair of hands in the uh, in the division, um, especially after taking it off of Miz and Morrison, who I think all three of, three of us would agree we were quite enjoying. Um, 
But even when I was watching SmackDown, I don't think the New Day were doing much with the belts. So There's nothing I can really remember. So I know the tag team division struggles anyway, but Alex is the SmackDown tag team division just kind of dead now, especially with the Usos not there. Yeah, I think the Usos not being there is the killer. Um, but I mean, it's interesting that Teddy said he can't see. Well, you both said that you can't see. Seamus and Cesaro and Shinsuke winning. Uh, I wouldn't I mind the bar the coming back as well, either. Yeah, the bar, that's true. <laughs> I can see the winning purely because the tag division SmackDown has been completely listless and random. Like We're not quite sure. We still don't really know why they took the belts off Miz and Morrison. Still don't really know why they put them on Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania, let alone like obviously what happened. The match was brilliant, but they didn't really build it up that well. Um, just SmackDown Tag Division just seems to be a bunch of random title changes going, oh, they won. Okay, interesting. So I can totally see them going like, yeah, put the belts on Shinsuke and Tazara for a bit. That'll be, that'll give us another month of programming. And it's just, you can tell Vince doesn't understand tag team wrestling and why it's popular because he does this thing where he'll have his neck, his third in line number one contender for his top title groomed, like Lashley we saw, Seth we've seen, um, even Owens with the win of WrestleMania, seemed, it seemed like, oh yeah, he could go on for a title shot. It's not, it's not like they don't know how to build to challenges. It's, I mean, maybe Dolph Ziggler is the exception to that rule, but they don't know, it's not like they don't know how to build challenges. It's just they don't care enough to do it with the tag division. It's really weird. So, and again, I, I hate to just be the the do this the whole podcast but if you look at NXT even lately they've built up into share to eventually take on the, the tag title sort of number one contendership but right now with Fandango and then into share we're sort of in the background and then Danny Burch and Odie Law can come out and they sort of raise a bit of havoc and they've done that the whole way through and I don't know it's just it's very strange seeing tag teams treated with more reverence the further down you go, seemingly, because, you know, tag team wrestling is this different kind of attraction that doesn't seem to be quite grasped by the man at the top. Um, and even on Raw, there is, there is a clear, if you look at the Street Profits career, sort of this year and the end of last year, they were just sort of this sideshow on Raw, basically get them noticed have them be in this random recap packages, not wrestling just to keep them on TV so people know who they are, then have them start winning and eventually win the titles. Like, that's just just not how wrestling usually works. You don't usually say, okay, you'll be on TV for a bit just so you can, you know, be there. There's usually a bit more effort into it in terms of you can beat this team and then you can feud with this team that's not a non-title thing and that'll keep you busy. And then once you beat them, you can come for the titles because you've got that momentum where that just seems to be forsaken in the whole tag division. And it's a shame. To be honest, it's a very big shame. Yeah. Yeah, it's... The uh, thing is, they have so much talent in the tag team division. Obviously, lost a, a good few tag teams as well. They freed the Revival now on AEW. Uh, or FTR, I should say. Um, it's... They've just wasted the tag team division so many years. They really have. Um, but I, I'll, I'll go with New Day as well um, for that one. I, I just... Meh. 
I think he just trusts the new days will keep it on him. Um, so on to I, the, sh- I should sorry, say no. I'm picking New Day, but I wouldn't be surprised. If ah, okay. Shinsuke and Cesaro. Right. Okay. I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to hitch my hmm. myself to that wagon quite, just like quite yet. Yes. It's God knows. God knows if it's now it is. Um, but, but then, if if New Day win, who's next? There's literally no one that's been built. No one. Again, there, there is no other tag team on SmackDown. Unless yeah. you reunite Miz and Morrison, because Jomo's sort of just been wrestling really good matches with Matt Riddle, and uh, Miz has just been making comments about Jeff Hardy and <laughs> everything else. Um, I know, literally, there is nobody else. It's, what you, you can't do anything. It's, a, it's just a shit show. Well, we didn't talk about it, but the Undisputed Era don't have any connections in NXT, no? Yes, I wonder whether, yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, they'll probably go up, but now it seems like Kevin Owens is pushing hard to go back to NXT, or at least he was, and then it sort of got, Vince sort of said, no, we need you for a while, but even if he does end up back in NXT, you could very easily see Owens versus uh, Cole in a feud, like Owens versus the Undisputed Era, so maybe they will hit pause. I think Sean and Hunter are going to fight tooth and nail to keep them down, keep them down, to keep them at NXT. Um, keep them up. In the same way. <laughs> keep, basically, yeah, keep them up in the same way that, <clears throat> excuse me, they've kept Champa, um, who now seems to have hit sort of the natural end of things because there's nowhere really left for him to go. But it's going to be interesting to see if they can regenerate these guys when you've got people like Cameron Grimes and... Um, David Priest and even Killian Dane and obviously the um, the Lucha Stable and, and there's a bunch of really old and um, he's not Strickland anymore is he? Swerve Scott uh, sort of in the wings waiting to be unleashed that's where you see the NXT regenerative cycle hit like hit the wall so whether or not the era comes up whether or not Owens goes back down it's going to be curious to see what happens but I reckon the Undisputed Era would probably go to Raw, to be honest, because I think that might suit them better. Also, tangent, where's Dijakovic? I mean, I know we've said this before, but mm. where where's he gone? It's been literally said, right, no, no more call-ups for just thinking short-term after Riddle. And what's the name as well? Chelsea, Chelsea Green. And they're not even on main event, because I, no. I actually... You love a bit of it. You love a bit of it. You know why? <laughs> because he wants to see if Bianca's there. Because he needs his fix. I may have, I may have watched uh, an episode or two of Main Event recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think maybe he was also um, a Paul Heyman guy who we've Possibly. seen. But All of those Paul Heyman up, guys he in inverted up, commas have been put in the background. Wasn't he called up after Heyman left? That's no, it I, was before. Oh no, it was before. Yeah, but also yeah. if he was, if it was like, okay, you're a Heyman guy, you're not coming back. He, why wouldn't he just go back to NXT? Because they'd love, they, uh, especially with the Robert Stone thing. Imagine, well, maybe that is the plan to have Chelsea Green come back and be like, okay, fine, I'll take you again. But if Dijakovic was there, then have him come out. And support Keith Lee, which uh, there was a really cool couple of tweets of them showing them together and celebrating and stuff. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether they're in purgatory. Like they're just waiting for their call up, and Vince is like, okay, it'll come in six months' time, or whether it's actually dead in the water. I mean, there's still the fact that there's a cinematic match and there's a big version. There's a Dominic and a Dominic. I, I could still see him. <laughs> That's true. Like, it's a good way to debut someone who's coming and eating a kid in the fucking face. And what, joining the Seth, yeah. the Seth Brigade? Yeah. Yeah. Because they do need a big, they do need a big bloke. Every stable they do need, need to be boys. Every stable needs a big bloke. Uh, he hasn't fought since April 29th. Yeah, it's a long time. I think he needs a mouthpiece as well, so I think he does fit in with Seth as well. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll see. We'll, oh, we can talk about that when we get to it. Um, but under the first confirmed match, um, Apollo Cruz MVP Alex. Um, we assume Apollo Cruz would win the match, but you're telling me there's a bit more story beyond the match with Ricochet and Cedric. Yes, so Ricochet, Ricochet and Cedric have actually been on TV in the last few weeks, which, which has been incredible in itself. But also, which, which is why uh, <laughs> there's a three six five. As you mentioned earlier, guy, yes, Ricochet's got a three six five, and I need to get the network numbers up. Um, but also because MVP has been in Cedric Alexander's ear and has very much been giving him the whole. All right, you're going to be Ricochet's sidekick, or you could be you could be something more. Um, the grooving sort of uh, come join the MVP sort of stable, um, which is something I think we spoke about when MVP and Lashley were sort of becoming yeah, a thing yeah. earlier in, in the year. Um, that would be good. So I can see that happening. I can see a situation where Ricochet and uh, may yeah. Mm, I wonder which one would turn, to be honest. I think it would be Cedric, but I'd also like them to say, like, to, for MVP to be like, oh, don't worry, Cedric, I don't need you. I've got someone better. And then Ricochet would turn around and whack him. So, but whether that happens in this match is another story. I don't think they're going to unseat Apollo's title reign by giving it to MVP. But this has still been quite a, one of the more interesting bits of Raw lately. So, yeah, curious to see how it goes. I'd suggest that Apollo would retain. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, what's Lashley's role been in this today? He's basically been full Nelsoning our truth and ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> like every episode, it's actually been yeah, awesome. I've, I've loved. Episode. It's um, actually been very good. Yeah, I've loved what they've done with with Lashley at the moment. Look. Uh, in terms of this match, I, the way I see it is probably with Lashley being introduced where I can see MVP losing and then the next challenger being Lashley and then maybe yeah. give the belt to Lashley. I well, think, it, I think it's our week that long could... SummerSlam next, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah, fitting. I think, I think that's how they, they would, they would run with it. This match, although it's confirmed, I would actually put this on the questionable mark because Apollo hasn't been on TV for the last two, three weeks. Hopefully he's back for this match. Um, obviously we can only speculate why he's away and, and I would rather not. Um, just hope that he's safe, he's healthy, he's well, and that he can come back and defend his title. I think he, I think he ha he's going to have to maybe get help from Cedric and Ricochet. 
Um, but I, I, I do like Alex's idea of one of them turning because MVP has been working on Cedric. Um, he mentioned that, you know, a tease this past week where he mentioned that he sent him a gift. Um, so if, if one of those guys come out in the match to help and, and even up the odds, um, for Apollo, um, where maybe he's getting ganged up on by MVP and, and Lashley, and then you, you bring Cedric and Ricochet to come out to help him out, and then they turn on him, and MVP wins it, mm. I wouldn't be against that. But I, I'm going to go with Apollo for... Ah, oh, crying out loud. I'm going to switch. I'm switching. I'm going with MVP winning Oof. it. Because I can see... He's doing really good work in terms of his promo work. He's doing really good work in terms of recruiting people into his stable, even though he hasn't recruited anyone yet. Besides Lashley, but it, it's been entertaining. It's been getting rave reviews um, in the IWC. So I can see Vince rewarding that and saying, you know, especially during these times, I can see him rewarding that and putting the belt on him and just running with that for a while. I just don't know who his challenges will be. I'm going to go with MVP. That's quite interesting because, I mean... Obviously, Sam, we don't know what's wrong or why Apollo's not being there, but if it's continued, it might be safer to put the belt on MVP because you can always trade it back at some point if needs be. Um, but as you say, I don't want to speculate on that. Um, I'll stick with Apollo for my, myself just for... It seems the safer bet, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they put it on MVP. But if it stays on Apollo, I, I agree, I think. Lashley will be the natural next one and it will be interesting to see whether it's both Cedric and Ricochet or one or neither or whatever but if they're, if they're on TV if it is just to advertise the 365 it, he's on TV so it works um, so fair enough um, next match is our first cinematic match or we'll have certain cinematic elements is Rey Mysterio <laughs> Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match, Alex, which has got rumours of CG, <laughs> CGI, <laughs> eye removal, yeah. Christ on a bike. The rumours uh, are that one of them will have their eye hanging out from their hand in a CGI moment. Uh, and a lot of people have been negative on this. I'm not one of those people because wrestling is supposed to be stupid. Uh one of the greatest characters in wrestling history, literally named The Undertaker, doesn't get said enough how odd that name is. Literally just means a funeral director, but is one of the most iconic wrestling characters of all time, debuted as this spooky dead man who could control lightning. Like, wrestling is supposed to be stupid. It's fine to have a cinematic universe that has been maintained already. If this was the first cinematic thing they did, I'd be like, what the shit? But, now that we know that this is a thing, I'm not as against it. Uh, this is, again, well, it's interesting because it's been relatively good programming in terms of a storyline, but I think it's probably gone on for a bit too long with this whole Ray Dominic thing because mm. it's getting a bit repetitive in terms of we're seeing pretty much the same thing happen. It's been two pay-per-views, um, hasn't it, without a match? Weekly, yeah, pretty much. But... I mean, the flip side argument to this is Seth's been brilliant. His promo when he was talking about the eye for an eye thing was uh, incredible. 
Uh, and we also had another fantastic moment where um, when Rey Mysterio announced the match, Kevin Owens was next to him. <laughs> Kevin Owens gave him this look of, what the hell did you just say? Are you insane? Are you, are you for real? Like, what the fuck did you just say? Uh, and Kevin's great at that sort of thing. So I like how ghastly they're treating it. Like, basically say, like, wait, what? Are you serious? Is this actually happening? Um, I'm curious to see how it pans out. It's wrestling. It'll be stupid. I reckon it might actually be, be quite fun. But this should, I mean, I can't see how it would be. But this has to be the ending to the uh yeah, one of them is going to have a fucking eye <laughs> Exactly. And I don't know which one they're going to do. Because, I mean, if you have Ray lose like you probably should, you can't have his eye come out again. You literally won't be able to see anything. Um, and also see Ray without an eye would just be odd. But if you have Seth lose again, and yes, he can eat a loss, but he needs a win. Uh, if you have Seth lose and run a sort of eye patch look, uh, for a little bit, then A, when does that finish? When does he suddenly tear the eye patch off and oh look, my eyes back to normal? But also B, where does he go after that? Because I mean, yeah, he could eat a win, but also the same token, he's now lost a KO, he's lost a Drew. He sort of needs this. So they've again they've booked themselves into a bit of a corner by having this go on so long. Doesn't that's not to say it's not been good, because it has been good. Um but uh I mean, my pick's probably. Uh, I reckon my uh, my pick is. Uh, I don't know. My pick is Ray. I think because mm. I could see Seth, Rocky, and I patch, but I don't necessarily think that would be the best idea. But I'm just curious. To be honest, just I'm genuinely curious. I'll pick self, uh, Seth myself because um, I just don't think he can. I don't think he can eat a loss. And if you can't beat Rey Mysterio, even if it isn't a dodgy match, who can you beat? Like we we talk, we've speculated that is one of his next feud will probably be like Alistair Black. Like I know Eye Patch might give him superpowers and stuff, but he can't exactly <laughs> go from losing to Rey Mysterio, Kevin Owens, and, and Drew, and then losing probably losing to Alistair Black as well. It just I think it'd be too much. I think he needs to at least win one or the next two. So I, I I think he'll win this. And plus the rumors that Ray wants to either retire or move on as well. I think it, I think why would say yeah. that over uh, on that? I think a lot of the original rumors were that he wanted to move on and, and have one last hurrah on the Indies. It seems now that the likelihood is that he might actually retire. Um, I can't remember where I read it. It might be apocryphal, but, I think the reason he hasn't been wrestling so much since when was his last match? WrestleMania, maybe. Oh, he might have money had a couple the, on Raw. He was in Money in the Bank. Um, money in the Bank, of course, he was in. Yeah, the cinematic match. I think he's had he's had the tag matches and stuff on Raw and stuff. But his body is starting to starting to go, which, when you think about it, is ridiculous that it's it's taken up till now for it to start to go. But the wear and tear is starting to get to him. I think. Um, probably doesn't help that wrestling in front of a crowd makes every bump feel worse. But yeah, the the latest thing I heard was that yeah he's thinking about calling it quits um, and training his son because his son will probably be tied to a WWE contract if he isn't already properly tied to a performance center contract. Yeah, that, that's why I pick. That's why I pick uh, Seth. Um, what do you think, Jadeva? 
Yeah, I, I have to go with um, Seth. I, I don't think he can afford another loss, um, purely because they don't have any heel, any strong heels in on Raw. Uh, we're looking at potential people to fight Drew McIntyre, and I can't think of anyone other than Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar to bring him back. So maybe having a strong set just in case, so you have options, I think isn't a bad thing. Um, I would have loved, if, if, if I had faith in the booking at WWE, I would have loved Seth to lose this. And it continues the story that he might be saying he's the Messiah and he's here to save wrestling and save everyone, yet he loses every, every big match he has. I think that could be a really cool storyline. But I just don't have faith in them being able to do that. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Seth winning it. Um, yeah, in terms of where it then takes Rey Mysterio, I, I think maybe if there wasn't a global pandemic, maybe he would have left by now and gone, as, as you said, gone an indie run, done a couple of shows maybe. You know, you, you never know in terms of doing one-off deals with some of the other big companies just as a last hurrah, you know. Um, but as a result of the pandemic, I can see him just sticking it out with WWE, you know, helping Dominic out, get his foothold in there. I think, I think Ray has, I think for their sanity and their sake and the booking of WWE, I think Ray has to lose this one. He's already lost one eye in inverted commas. Um, why not let Seth take the other one? <laughs> 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 it sounds um, so silly. The- Oh, well, weird. It does. It's it. so stupid. I love it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> on the Drew thing, the latest reports, uh, I think it was from the Observer, basically said uh, the original plans for SummerSlam have been either scrapped or heavily changed. They were supposed to bring Brock back in, but they didn't want to waste him on a crowdless uh, mm. event. Our, our seven day SummerSlam was heavily factoring in the idea of. Oh, just cashing in on Brock or Bray. It, yes. it may be likely that neither of them are champions. Uh, and the other thing I think is that Brock wasn't like they didn't want to fork out all that money on Brock Lesnar on a Brock Lesnar appearance when a there wasn't a crowd, wasn't much to draw, and b they've had to cut costs anyway. Um, so where that leaves Drew, I mean, we might get onto it later. I wouldn't have a Scooby. Although we didn't expect Dolph, did we? So who knows? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Someone random. Andrade. Well, he lost at NXT to him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It yeah. might be Randy, though. That's the thing. I mean, it could well be Orton. I wouldn't want Drew to lose to Randy. But the, if looking at the ratings, I, th- I think it, it 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 fits for Randy to take the belt for a bit. Man. You can see with the di- the direction they've gone lately is to bring back the old guard. You've True. got the likes of the big show and stuff coming back in. They've put the brakes on all the guys that the younger talent that were being featured. You know the Austin theories and stuff were being featured heavily. You had um, Angel Garzman then being featured heavily in, you know, from a singles perspective. They've now gone into the tag team side, and we know what Vince thinks of the tag team side of things. So they've kind of pushed aside all of the the younger talent that was coming up. Obviously, Drew is still there. He's probably, you know, and if it was part of my reasoning for MVP winning, if if Apollo loses that belt, the only one left pretty much is Drew in terms of, in inverted commas, the younger guys or, or the Heyman guys, however you want to phrase it. I can see them saying, you know, Randy will give you a go. You know, at least we know you are are a stable, like in WWE, maybe you can help like stop the bleeding a bit. Mm. It doesn't make sense though in terms of his gimmick because he's a legend killer and Drew isn't really a legend. And I know Randy was pushing to have an NXT feud with, uh, you know, Champer or... Someone like that. Um, it seems like Vince doesn't, you know, he isn't too keen on that. And if if he's not keen on Kevin Owens going down, he's definitely not going to be wanting Randy to go down anytime soon. So the only way you can go with this is just to put Randy in the title picture, because at some point he's going to have to punch Ric Flair in the head. Um, and I think that's going to be because he's going after Drew, and 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 Ric Flair is going to be trying to stop him. Yeah, there's, I think that's what we mentioned last couple pods. Is there's just not enough legends kicking about nowadays. Is I mean, you're really mm. gonna like bring Mick Foley or something back just to get booted in the head <laughs> again? Yeah, um, all, it all would, the ones have done have probably been said, there. Sorry, <laughs> what Taddy sorry, what Taddy said also uh, basically puts credence to the. I'm not sure if you remember the last podcast, the rumor that we um, spoke about how Vince was thinking more short term to try and recover. I don't know whether it was ratings or recover momentum. Yeah. I think that is almost absolutely borne out by exactly what Paddy just said, bringing back Rick, bringing back Big Show. The other thing I think is when we get Edge back, that will be the instant top feud, whether or not Randy is champion or not. Um, if they give him the belt, it might be, okay, Edge versus Orton for the belt. But if you ask me, I don't think they make Randy champion purely because... Mm. He that feud doesn't need a title, um, so Edge being back relatively sooner than we thought probably will hold any Randy Orton title reign for now. 
thing is, I'd love to see Edge with the belt, but at the same time, I'd be very hypocritical if I wanted Edge to win the belt in 2020. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I, it, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it needs the belt. And if Randy did win it, his next loss, you'd imagine, would be Edge. And then who the hell's going to take the belt off Edge? So it's a... I think he pants Edge in the Ed, Ed, Edge in the head and he retires him. Oof. Let Randy ride this wave all the way through. That Let him win him at SummerSlam. Defend it in a rematch against Drew because, you know, the rematch clause lives on WWE no matter what they say. Let him, you know, let Edge come back at WrestleMania, I mean at Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, lay it on the line straight away and say, I'm coming for you, Randy. At the biggest stage of them all, Edge is going to win the title, punt to the head. Oh, That would be dramatic. I wonder if Edge would say, maybe I've got a little bit more left in the tank. But I think Randy eventually retiring Edge would be money, would be glorious. Oh, that is good, though. I want that champ a feud, though. Yeah. That'd be good. Especially because you listen to Orton on podcasts these days, like he, the one he did with Corey Graves um, the, the other month, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was, would have been just after the greatest show, the greatest um, wrestling match ever. Uh, he's talking about how he wants to impart his knowledge on younger guys and how young and Austin, um, Austin Theory, fuck, not Austin Aries, Fuck that turn. Um, Austin Theory came and asked him whether or not he like he was okay with him using the cutter for the the ATO. Um, and yeah, I think Orton versus someone like Champa would be fun, but at the same time, God, he's been the just the king lately in terms of his work. What he's doing now with his work incredible and i'm surprised actually that randy versus show is not on this card but i can see why they want to keep it on roll mm, just do a rematch just do a rematch they always do it's an extreme rules horror show rematch <laughs> uh but uh anyway we'll get back through the card uh two for seth one for rear there um smackdown women's championship Bailey v Nikki Cross. I imagine we're all going to pick Bailey here, but what's the crack here? Because I thought the story seemed quite entangled with Asuka from both of them, but I obviously haven't watched SmackDown, so yeah. What what's the crack? Uh, uh you go. Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah, to I was gonna say. Well, I mean, today we can speak to this point as well, but Bailey and Sasha have been elite. Um, on the, like this, even though the last few months they've been incredible, but they've just been they've been ramping it up the last few weeks, talking about how they are on all three shows. Bailey talking about how she got a call from the Undertaker saying you're the greatest champ ever. Um, the promos, the you know the Becky do uh, the Becky the Bailey toe straps and two belt banks and um they've been excellent. This is, Asuka's been feuding with Sasha, so they've both been on Raw, and then they've also been sort of still feuding with Bliss Cross Applesauce, as they have to be called, guy. Um, and Nikki Cross basically no. said, you know what? You <laughs> uh, said, you know what, I can take your title. Uh, and it was, again, it was one of those feuds that was overtly simple. 
whereas I think the Sasha Oscar ones had a bit more ground to it. Not that much more, but a bit more. Um, so this match will sort of just be your basic Bailey title defense, I think. Uh, but the curious thing is that any sort of semblance of Bailey versus Sasha has gone out the window lately um, in terms of their split, just because of how good they've both been, how brilliant they've been. Yeah, they seem to have been the high point whenever I've heard people talking about the shows and stuff like that. Um, I'll pick Bailey as well, obviously, because why would it end? Tadir, I assume you're the same? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, this Bailey run has, it's almost like they've worked themselves into a shoot because they, they paired them together with the intention of, you know, breaking them up, but it's become so good that you, you don't want them to be broken up anymore. Um, I'm absolutely loving their run. I think they're carrying the whole company at the moment, to be honest. Uh, every segment that they're on, um, my attention is fully on them. Um, you can see Bailey has absolutely embraced this role of being a heel, which was always like a, people always treated that with caution, like, because Bailey is the truest baby face you could ever find, the way she was built up in NXT and, somehow WWE fumbled with her and then dropped the ball there and it, it never really hit the way it hit at NXT and they could have easily done what they've done with Roman Reigns in terms of no we have to keep him as face we you know they could have insisted on keeping Bailey as as a face but credit to them for for turning them turning her heel and credit to Bailey for for taking it up and, and just going the extra mile. The the video that they made of Bailey and Sasha I thought was absolutely excellent. I didn't mind that they showed it on SmackDown and on on Raw. I actually enjoyed it the second time as well, which which is very weird for WWE rerun running things. Um and then just in terms of I think they're in such a good groove at the moment. I personally don't want them to be broken up anytime soon. I think this could still go go a while. And my hope is that um, eventually, you know, Bailey, it becomes too much for Bailey having because she's had to defend either the the Raw Women's Championship or the tag titles every single week. And at one point, if she purposely loses the tag team championships because she just can't keep going week in week out defending a title, it's just too much for her. And then that's what sparks the feud. I think would be really really fun. Um, and shout out to Bailey for, which is probably my favorite line since Brock Lesnar's big boy line from Royal Rumble <laughs> this year. Um, they were doing the promo, and as Alex said, they were talking about Undertaker and the fact that he, he, he's been rating them and he thinks that she's the best champion they've ever had. And she was like, I'm like, damn, Taker, you know what's up. And I'm like, maybe he's got a little gangster in it. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm digging, I'm digging on Pam Becky with, with the short hair. Um, it, it, I, I hope she continues with the belt. I hope, um, I hope that they continue to bubble this eventual feud with her and Sasha for a bit longer. It definitely needs a crowd, in my opinion. So maybe that's what would allow it to to grow a little bit longer. But in terms of Nikki, I think it will be a good match. Um, I think Nikki has done really well uh, during the Rona era. I think she's been one of the the standouts, and it's just shown that the women have been the best thing on WWE TV for a good good while now. And it's not just a coincidence of it being, you know, they, I think they've made this month 
the evolution month um, or women's revolution month, or however you want to put it. Um, so it's, it's not just because of that, that we're all thinking, you know, the women have been doing really well. No, they've, they've been a credit to themselves. They've done really well. And it's, if they, if they just make them the main feature, I'll be very happy because they're absolutely killing it. And then I'm sure we'll go on to speak to Sasha later on. So I, I won't speak about her for now. But yeah, and Bailey on commentary as well has been pretty ace. Mm. Her feud with Michael Coles is one of the best feuds <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, and speaking of the Evolution Month and the women getting precedence, uh, this Monday Night Raw was very women-heavy for good reason because we saw return of one Miss Bianca Belair and the return of one Miss Shayna Baszler. So, well, Taddy's celebrating twice there. Guys, certainly Say it again for the people in the back. Don't yes, the people in the Bianca back Belair, the strongest, <laughs> the smartest, the fastest, E-S-T. Well, soft as a win. See if Tamina's on SmackDown, eh? No. You're free after we answer guy. You'll be happy with Shayna, but you'll be even happier if Tamina's on SmackDown. Although, maybe that's not a good thing. Um, but yeah, it was that seeing that Raw with Ruby getting a face push, seeing the Iconics be annoying and hilarious. Uh, all they really need is Liv Morgan back and they'll have that full compliment. And all of a sudden you look at the Raw Women's Division and go, okay, Charlotte and Becky might be gone, but still, holy crap, you've got a freaking awesome like legion of women there that are ruling the show. So no, fair play to them. Remember we, on this podcast, said how do they recover from Becky and Charlotte being away? Well, there it is. Well, that lead, it leads us on to the Raw Women's Championship, and as you mentioned today, where the women have been the best thing, and Asuka was probably the best thing of the early Raw era, um, and obviously got the title in, in response of that. Um, I think this could be match of the night. Uh, Asuka v Sasha today, Oh yeah, I agree with you. This could definitely steal the show. Um, in terms of Asuka, as you as you said, she was especially the early parts of of the Rona era. She was the MVP, and then now it's Bailey and Sasha that have sort of kind of taken that baton on, and it just shows once again that the women have been dominating. Um, I think uh, in terms of the matchup, I wasn't too happy with Sasha being allowed to challenge for the women's championship purely because the you know she's a smackdown superstar yes she's got the tag belts and that allows her to go you know cross brand between all the shows but that only has to do with the tag team t- uh, championships I, I didn't like that loophole um the important thing now to do is though it's not naya Jax. yeah that that's the thing like now that we have it i'm not really going to complain about the sasha and oscar match um i think it's going to be absolutely awesome um oscar's putting in matches that are really incredible. I think she's believable as champ. I think she kicks ass, you know, as soon as the bell rings, you know, she's going to bring it in terms. And it's, it, it's good to see that she's got, um, um, Kyrie Sane back as well in her corner. So that, that was good to see. And, and hopefully she's well and, and, in the, you know, and in, enjoying at least being in this role opposed to the role she was in a bit earlier on. Um, it was good to see the flute come back or, or the recorder come yes. back. Um, that, that was pretty awesome. And then, then you go back to Sasha, who is, as we mentioned, we've, we've given the plaudits to Bailey, but I think Sasha has been equally as, as good as her. She, 
she is an absolute superstar. Like she, I'm I'm still pissed off about her getting that Snoop Dogg entrance at that first triple threat when when they unveiled the new women's championship and her losing. I thought that was the moment to to give it to her. But of course, you know, Charlotte, it's more than likely that Charlotte is always going to get the the biggest moments because it's good. You know, she's going to be booked as the greatest women's wrestler ever. And you need those kind of moments to solidify that claim of why she is the greatest woman's wrestler ever. Okay. I, I, I won't go into that. I, I don't, I don't think she's the best wrestler, <laughs> but I think she's the best booked wrestler. And I don't think anyone can dispute that. And obviously they're going with that trajectory. So there's no point fighting that. But I think Sasha, if they took the reins off her, I think she could be an absolute superstar and she could be a superstar that would go beyond WWE. And maybe that's the fear that they have. Um, we've seen with uh, a lot of people, if they get too over at the wrong time, WWE kind of cools them down a bit. And maybe that's that's what they've done with Sasha in terms of just keeping her at, at a level that they can manage. But I think the role that she's played at the moment with the tag team championships, she's always been the one to get the pins. I think except for one match when Bailey got the pin, which I thought was really smart booking I'm, I'm not sure if this was an instruction that bailey and her were given but i think they would have definitely I, I have belief that they would have made a point of that being the case because it helps build the storyline and then also if you look at their tag team matches the the heel work that she's been doing you know um going to to mock the the the, op, the the opponent that's waiting for the tag and then the ref going over to try and stop that opponent coming into the ring and then she does some dirty heel tag that's old school wrestling and I I, I appreciate that I love that um, and then in terms of coming to this match I, I have no doubt that it's going to be an absolutely insane match I can't wait for it who wins it I I kind of selfishly want Sasha to win it so that we can see Bailey and Sasha just dominating all brands. But then you can't, I don't know if you can have all the titles invested in just two women. I think that would be, as I said, because I said selfishly, I want them to win it. I think give other women a chance. You know, you, you, you did the whole hashtag give divas a chance or give women a chance. I think they should give other women a chance. Sasha being the sidekick in Vodacomas for Bailey, who has to, you know, Bailey dose straps, I think is, is perfectly fine. Maybe Bailey costs Sasha this match by mistake, by being overzealous, but I hope it's not what breaks them up. I'm, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Oscar wins it. And I'm gonna hope and pray that this isn't the reason that breaks up Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, I'm right with you there. I think Oscar will win regardless. I it wouldn't surprise me if they just do it clean. To be honest, I think Oscar's literally the only one on Raw because Charlotte's gone for the foreseeable, isn't she? Um, so yeah. Unless you really, really are going to commit to them, Bailey and Sasha being on Raw, SmackDown, maybe even the odd NXT, I mean that's putting a lot of pressure on two people. Um, but I think I think you need more than them too, as you say. So I, I'd like Oscar to keep the belt, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if they put it on Sasha. But um, 
I think Asuka needs the belt for a bit because her other rate, her other main roster range, I should say, have kind of been a bit meh. And I'd like this to be good, but she might not have the opponents for it to be good outside of Sasha and Bailey. So yeah. But hopefully, for me, I hope Asuka wins, but it wouldn't surprise me if Sasha, if Sasha wins. Alex, your thoughts? I think two reasons Asuka should win, uh, and in fact, two things I think it's almost certain Asuka will win. One, she was anointed by Becky. She is the champ for now. I don't think you can devalue Becky's... Um, well, one, the fact that she won it with Money in the Bank. Two, the fact that Becky basically said, right, this is yours now. You're the, you're the leader of Raw. I don't think you can devalue that by having her lose it so quickly. And two, I think it's almost certain that we're going to get Shayna versus Asuka after this. Um, with Shayna's trying to come back and the fact that she was like, she cut that promo where she's like, right, I'm your new reality. We, I, it was very much a old Shayna Baszler, I'm the locker room leader and you're all going to bow down. She said Queen of Spades, Taddy, so we don't we can stop worrying about the fact that she was being rid of her gimmick. Like the first I was play. so happy. I was <laughs> so happy about that. I bet you she shoved that in there yeah, without yeah. them knowing and she was yeah. like, God damn it, I'm the Queen of Spades. Don't take yeah. it away from me. Yeah. Oh, so happy. I mean, it's um, only because Charlotte's not there at the men, but yeah. <laughs> I did think that. I was like, they did. Well, the, the Queen thing is free. But no, it's such a good nickname that I think they just basically said, yeah, that's cool. Run with it. You still got the tights. You still got the Tron. It would be stupid to just ignore it. But the other thing is, um, I think, yeah, this could very much be match of the night. Sasha Banks has reminded a lot of people how good she is in the ring. I think, I was thinking about this today, and the, like, the, Upward surge of the women has been so meteoric in the last two years that as of right now, WWE could technically claim to have, I think, one women's wrestler in the top five wrestlers in the world right now and one women's wrestler probably in the two or three names after that. I think the only thing stopping Sasha Banks from being in the top five wrestlers in the world right now is a woman called Io Shirai, who is... Or in my view, she's one of the three best wrestlers in the world right now. In more objective terms, she's probably in the top five. I think she just edges Sasha in terms of her big matches lately and the the fact that she's been able to sort of get the momentum going. Um, Eo versus Sasha at Great American Bash was unreal. It was really, really good. Uh, and basically showcased both how good they both were. But this could very well be Sasha's little stamp match to say, "Yep, remember how good I am." Um, but yeah, it is. It's a it's a very very good point in time. I think right now for the women because I mean to have girls, but even be in the conversation for the best wrestlers in the world is is one thing. But to have them, at least in in sort of my mind and a lot of people online's mind, being okay. Well, can you think of four better wrestlers than Io Shirai? Right now in the world, it's hard. Um, certainly the staples that you would say, Will Ospreay hasn't wrestled in ages, but he probably would still be in there. Kenny Omega, if anyone says Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world, they're being nostalgic because you're thinking about NJPW Kenny Omega and not what we've seen in the last year, which has been tripe. Um, really, you could technically say Adam Cole, Keith Lee. There aren't that many others, right? Uh, Naito, maybe, although he's Jumped last match against Evil. <laughs> Jump of Bray indeed. Um, you know, Drew's an all like an incredible character, but he hasn't had that many great matches. Like he, you know, it, it's hard to. I think it's legitimately hard to say there are five better wrestlers in the world right now than Io or or Sasha. Uh, and I'd put Io just above Sasha, but 
I mean, it's a conversation. So, yeah, that's, as of right now, I think, as we were just saying about the women on Raw being great, that's one thing, but the fact that the women are so, I mean, Raw's women's division is unreal, NXT's women's division is unreal, AEW, you've got Sheeta and Britt Baker both doing some really cool things. Um, it's looking good. I think uh, it's really, really looking good. Penelope Ford improving as well. She yeah, had an insane match very last good. week. I thought, well, mm. but also just just to solidify why I chose Oscar, um, I just remembered um, during this past Monday Night's Raw during the tag team match, Sasha is, uh, escaped the Oscar lock or at least got to the ropes, and I think that's the typical WWE of planting the seed of all. Oh, you know, she can escape it, so she'll be fine in the title match, and then she ends up tapping to it or passing out to it. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I really need to watch The Great American Bash. Um, I'm, I swore I would watch NXT. It was phenomenal. Uh, it doesn't help it takes longer to go on the network now, because I keep forgetting to see you link it on my, on my thingy. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sort it at some point. Um, Let's move on. We don't want to go two hours with this one, but we only have two hour, two matches left, and I imagine this next one won't take long. Um, Drew v. Dolph. Who's winning this one? Uh, let's all just I don't know. let's all say who's winning this one. Let's all say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Drew. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Oh wait, what? Dolph oh, Ziggler. No. <laughs> what? Um. No, it's definitely going to be Drew McIntyre, and this feud has been sort of... I mean, the one thing I will say, the only one thing, they're letting Drew talk without a script, and it's great, because it feels natural, and it doesn't feel forced like the rest of the roster, and that is fun. Otherwise, Drew's going to win. That's pretty much it. Shall we move on? (laughs) (laughs) What's the stipulation of the not said yet? I don't, I don't think they've said... Oh, that's right. Ziggler said he's uh, he's not going to be stupid and tell Drew the stipulation before the match so he can prepare himself for it. He's going to tell it to him on the night. It's going to be so, a handicap match with Bobby Roode, isn't it? I mean, that would be interesting. It wouldn't. I'm not sure I'm it, not sure you can technically wouldn't. do that. He can't. You, can't. you can change the stipulation, but you can't add people into the match. Otherwise, what's to stop someone from winning the stipulation and then doing like... <laughs> it's going to be a 10-on-1 handicap match, and if any of my team pins you, I win. That's just that's just been overly clever. But <laughs> there's a read that he meant when he first came. He mentioned they got the trade of Bobby Roode, and I has he, he been did, on yes. TV? Has he been on TV yet? No, he is not. Uh, is no, Bobby Roode not Canadian? Does he live in Canada? I don't. Know. It could be border border issues. Who gives a shit? In terms of getting him over. You're, but you're if ruining he's my idea to do Sorry. <laughs> That's what happened with um, Kyle O'Reilly, isn't it? They've had to go to him yeah. for the, for the um, promos, but he hasn't actually been in any live events at NXT. Oh, live events. Any actual shows in NXT. But Drew's winning, regardless of whatever the hell is. Yes, yes, he is. Yes. He is absolutely. It could, he he could, could be facing 10 people. Yes, it could. Absolutely. What would be a better prediction is how long, how, how long do you give uh, Dolph in this match? Seven minutes. Four and a half minutes, depending on the stipulation, but four and a half minutes. I think the match after I, will be quite I go, long. I go 10 minutes. I go 10 minutes. 
Right, we'll do it. We'll make a note of that. We'll make a note. Okay, of that. so that was I went ten. Four and a half, seven, ten. Wow, four and a half. Does that include entrances? <laughs> That's sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Undertaker would have the record for the longest <laughs> matches of all time. Yeah. No matter what. That's true. That's true. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Um, cinematic match. We've got Braun Strowman versus Hobo Jeebus. Um, Bray Wyatt. It's non-title. I didn't realise it was what? non-title. Yeah. Don't joke. So would that make me what? think uh, Bray's going to win? Why is it non-title? Oh, I don't know. What the fuck? It's a swamp fight non-title match according to CBS and it's made very clear... This match, however, will not be contested for the Universal title, meaning the possibility of White as the Fiend taking the championship back at SummerSlam is very much on the cards. So, well, my thinking was Bray would lose again, and then he'd have the me- like the messages in his brain of like, "You have to summon me now. You can't. You have. You can't keep me away now. You have to bring the Fiend. You have to bring me back." And that obviously being the Fiend. Um, but now I'm thinking like, well, maybe Braun will lose. And it'll be a cinematic swamp thing, and then Bray will be like, "I'm in your head, Braun. Now give me a title match." And then it'll come out as a fiend. What is the fucking point? <laughs> I mean, this—the other thing is, right? This has been really good, but it's only been done. It's, it was two weeks, and then they stopped it, and then they put a replay of the Money in the Bank match, and then they, the week before that, it was just a like a vignette, or the week after that, it was just a vignette, like that. Why have they only done one thing with Bray in the... I mean, it could have been forced on them. Maybe he was, you know, quarantining or something. But still, it seems stupid that they've had this brilliant sort of run-up and have only done two weeks' worth of actual story with it. And now it's non-title. Are you telling me a a billion-dollar company, yes, they're cutting costs and everything, but I doubt this is going to be that expensive. Could you not just get some sort of recording from Bray office camera or something, his phone camera. Like, why is it that they have to be in, you know, at the PC in order to do anything with these guys? I think it's just their creativity at the moment is so poor. Like, just have Bray cut a promo with his, with, you know, with his camera or have Jojo film, film it, you know, so that it's not a selfie promo. And then he just has to dress up, um, you know, Put some lights on him. You could, you could, you don't have to spend that much money or do too much just to get a promo out of it, and it progresses the story. But doing stuff like playing over, playing a match again for the majority of the show is just so poor. This, this could have been really, really good, and I'm, I have no doubt that the, that the match itself is going to be really good because Bray's involved, uh, Hunter's involved, um. Barash is involved. The yeah. the guys that were already involved in in previous cinematic matches that have shown that they can pull off something really good, and I doubt Vince is going to be involved in the making of it. Maybe he'll be involved in you know what's left on the director's floor, but if they all you know, but knowing them, they're just going to give him so much good stuff that you know whatever's left on the floor, it's it's still part of what could have been good. So it's going to be fine. But build up the anticipation. I don't want to get excited about this match halfway through the the cinematic match opposed to being excited before the match starts. You know what's easy? Just tell Bray, hey, you got any forest near your house? Any trees? Any parks? 
Go, <laughs> yeah, get Jojo to film you in a in a next to a tree with your rocking chair there, and just be like, okay, now I'm I'm creepy old Bray Wyatt. Like it's just lazy. It's really annoying um, because this should have been amazing and we got two weeks of it a brilliant promo even braun's promo was quite good in terms Mm. of a laugh and then that's it did you see that did you see it was a hundred days of strowman's title reign the other day yeah and yeah i just went i I forgot he was champion (laughs) what has he done in those hundred days nothing he's done less than finn balor and finn balor held it for 14 hours (laughs) (laughs) He's beat Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho. <laughs> and Jumper Bray, where Jumper Bray let him win, basically. Yeah, once he stomped on the mask. And that's it. That is literally it. After beating Goldberg for the title. Oh, God. Might be one of the worst title raids ever. And it's not It's not his fault, either. No. no I'm not a Braun fan, I mean, but fuck yeah. me. What do you expect him to do? <laughs> Legit, there is nothing for him to do, and he can't even do his brawn shtick because he needs people to run over, and it's not like you could just put Bray there to be run over. I mean, you can run over Ms. Morrison, but it's just like that was just random. Like, why? why there was no story there. There's nothing for him hey, to do. They damaged his and car. his promos are definitely scripted. Yeah, his ones are so scripted, it's terrible. Yeah, I but, mean, scripted promos aren't necessarily a bad thing. I think Baron Corbin being scripted is like <laughs> even more annoying. Like, it actually gets the and then, like, tangent Baron is. I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm sti- I feel like sticking up for Baron because people are taking his gimmick and thinking that it's not like they're getting worked. It's just like, oh, he's so annoying, he's in everything. Like, that's the point. It's like, oh, he's wearing this king outfit. And why does he have to be a king? It's like, that's the point, too. It's not a good king outfit. Not King Regal. It's literally one he probably either made himself or bought <laughs> because he thinks it makes him look like a Game of Thrones character. And that in itself is tragic as fuck. Like, that's supposed to be the reason. And then you look at someone like Braun and you go, okay, you're big. You roll over people. Strowman Express. You're the champion. Can we get something else, please? Can we just get something? Can we get oh, God, anything? The and Express. they don't give him anything. Yeah, the Strowman Express choo-choo. It's just so lazy. It really is annoying. Thing is, they've done this a couple times now with, with Bray. Like, regardless if you like him as a wrestler or what, when, when there's a few, good for you in our WhatsApp group. But the man tells a story. Let him tell a story. <laughs> Exactly. And on that point, have you noticed that the re- part of the reason, besides the insane or some ruin work, but part of the main reason that the women are getting over is because they've all got characters. They've all got character development. None of the guys do, or very few of the guys have character development. All the look women, the ones, you look at, look at the, you look at the look ones at the, the top, you look at, yeah. Seth. You look at Bray, as you said. Yeah, Seth's been brilliant. Bray, as you said, his matches have been brilliant when they give him stuff to do. Um, Braun doesn't really have a character aside being big and doing that running around the ring thing where he waves his hand. Like, that's not character building. Randy Orton, legend killer, that's a gimmick. Mm. It's getting over. He, people are loving him. They even talk about him taking the belt now. Like, everyone that has characters is growing. 
but they're not doing that with the guys as much as they're doing it with the women. And it's showing in terms of the interest that either of them have. And I find it very weird for a guy that's so big on sports entertainment with sports entertainment. Don't forget the entertainment part of it. You're not really building that many characters. It is frustrating because some of the, well, most of them, you can see it in them. That's the annoying thing. Like, AJ could be a great character, but I obviously haven't watched it in a little while, but even just before he switched The guy over, wore John him. Cena's armband as a headband. Yep. For like a he time. literally made beat up John Cena into a catchphrase. That is, That was a character. Mm. That was a pure oh. character. Daniel Bryan was a character when he was mm. both heel and face. You get you if you invest even the minute amount of effort into making someone a character, they work. They get over. They tell stories. When you have day. massive, yeah, of that when they didn't actually want that to happen, but he did that. He forced that with Aiden English as well. But if you have Seth Rollins come out as the Messiah and cut these awesome promos. It works. You buy into it. Well, MVP as well. And, yeah, exactly. I'm the. This is the MVP brand. This is the MVP show. Even, I mean, to an extent, Kevin Owens. He's sort of got always got a character because it's his natural just wrestling ability, and that's the. Those are the ones that just hit gold. The Kevin Owens show, the things he can get over, Headlock Master, all that stuff. When you have white meat baby faces who don't have anything to do. Like, a babyface in itself is very hard to make into a character because how many different good guys can you really have? But when your heels are boring and bland, I mean, you've got Baron, who I say has a character, but even I'll admit, like, it's it's a tenuous one. It's a bit repetitive. That's his biggest problem is he's doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. But then you've got, like, I mean, it's even been the same thing with Brock in the past, where you just go, okay, we get it, you're the Conqueror, spoiler, blah, 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 can you give us something else, please? Um, Braun in the past, exactly the same. Dolph, exactly the same. It's it, Bobby Roode, exactly the same. Catchphrase, blah, blah, we're off. Like, just invest in the idea of building a character up, and you will actually see results come from it and it's just lazy the fact that they don't do it is laziness uh, coupled with the fact that we're in the work rate era where and it's not just WWE actually companies believe TV shows believe they can get away with having two really good wrestlers out there put on a good match and that is fine because that's what the audience wants to see I'm not saying it's not good but a good match becomes even greater when you can emotionally invest in two characters and the story they're telling Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it's just a shame, and we kind of went off on that tangent when we noticed it wasn't a title match. But Jesus Christ, it, regardless of that, the booking for this has just been non-existent and, and terrible. But I, I do agree. I think the match will be quite. It'll be entertaining at the least. Cause what the hell is a Wyatt Swamp <laughs> Swamp fight? <laughs> uh, dear. I mean, I don't think we've seen it before. So this week, no one wrestled an alligator. Was. Oh my god, yes. If no one wrestles oh, an alligator, yes. I'm going to be pissed off. I, I won. Yes. Either, was it Eric or Rowan that, that had the feud with the alligator? I want them in the background, just wrestling an alligator. <laughs> like the camera just pans past them. That's all I want from this match. Uh, I think it was Ivor, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Alli- Ivor. Alligator wrestling. 
Yeah. Oh, the good old days. Which oh, and I think Braun wins, by the way. Oh. I think Bray. Because I'll go Bray because it's not title. But I think yeah. I think Bray will get the title. So biased. I'll shoot you yeah. off. Funny that. <laughs> Nobody wants Braun to win. Otis will come find Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. This is it. This is the swap. I found it. Okay. If he's dressed up as an alligator in the background, he just pops up. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that seems a fitting way to end, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely, and that's where we will finish it. Well, we won't. Well, general thoughts. I mean, what do you think it'll be a good show? I mean, the card doesn't look overly impressive, but we've had this in the past, Alex, where cards look shit, but the show ends up being really good. Yes, and I think the boosted cinematic presence will make this actually quite a fun show. I think a lot of it will depend on how wacky they actually get, but um, yeah, I think. It could could be could well be a very good show at this actually. I reckon it'll be better than Backlash. Put it that way. I can't even remember Backlash apart from the greatest show um, match thingy. Um, today, we got you think it'll be good? Yeah, I think it'll be good. Uh, they always seem to step up for the pay per views, regardless of what's happening on TV. Um, I think the the matches will be good. The only disappointing thing is that I'm not invested in seventy to eighty percent of them. But I have no doubt that the matches themselves will be good. Mm. We all agree, Sasha, Asuka, match of the night? I think pure match of the night, yeah. I think uh, Seth versus Ray or Bray versus Braun mm. could well be the cinematic match of the night. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, pure, I pure wrestling, I think I agree as well. But uh, that's where we'll finish up, so uh, hopefully enjoy it, obviously, this Sunday coming up. Uh, and we'll be back next week, hopefully, with a review, unless it is that bad that it's one of them where we just go, nope, can't be asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we've done that a couple of times. Uh, but we'll be back next week, hopefully. Uh, so catch us then. Thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.